we're back. We are back. We are back. It's alive. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Here we go. This is Night on the Town, and I'm Dan. I am still Jeff. And we have a new co-host, the great, magnifico, Billy Watson, out of San Francisco. Billy oh. Easy also. Oh, <laughs> lovely. How you doing, Billy? Magnifique. How are you guys? Doing excellent. Hanging in there. Good. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Like yeah. those cats on the fucking posters in the seventies. Just, Just hang in there. there. Just hang in there, dude. We we got through January, man. Barely, I feel, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been two years. It's been two years of what we've been going through. Coming up, yeah. Yep. Coming up in yeah. two years. We're 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 at that point, and it's it's yeah. it's kind of hard not to to think about. It's not been one year. It, it's not been one month. It's been two years around. Two fucking years, dude. Two years. Two two years of every day is Monday. Every day is the first day of school. Every day is the day you have to go to the dentist. Every day is a fucking you gotta get shots. Blows. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Shitty. Two laps around the sun. Yeah. Wow. But um. How you been, Billy? What's what's what what? Uh, so what's been going on? You you got your music? You got your music happening out there in San Fran? What 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 have you been doing? It's happening as much as it can <clears throat> right now. Um, you know, there's no uh, you, you know, there's no 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 like normal regular gigging happening. Yeah. Places aren't. Uh, it's just not happening. Um, right. But you know, li- licensing things and. Uh, doing auditions and doing some voiceover work here or there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stay, staying afloot, but, uh, treading water like poorly, you know, it's in my ears. Right. Right. Barely. (laughs) But I'm not dead. Yeah. You're, you've, you've been in San Francisco. I, you know, the weather there from what you tell me, not so much, huh? It's fucking horrifying. It's the worst. <laughs> Absolutely the worst. Like, I might as well have moved to foggy London town. Yeah. Really? That Sucks bad, huh? Balls. Yeah, the last two days in a row, sorry if you guys are hearing some weird gurgling noises. It's not me or any weird shit that's going on in my house. It's my uh, my dishwasher is getting ready to, is like <laughs> finishing and draining. It's got, but it's got 54 minutes left on the cycle, so I don't know why it's doing that. Are you, are you sitting on the kitchen floor, like right in front of it? Like, well, I'm sitting on a chair right in front of okay. it. Yeah, gotcha. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing you like curled up on the on house. The... I can be right now where I'm not waking up my son. Gotcha. Yeah, I was thinking it might have been like an espresso machine because of how cool San Francisco is with their coffee houses and such. Right. You know. No. Nope. All I get, all I'm getting is the fucking clouds and the cold. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Although the last couple of days, I will, I do have to admit, it's been. It's been about perfect, like yeah. 68 degrees, but in the with the California sun, it feels like it's mid 70s. Yeah, and it's been nice, but uh, we get that for, without exaggeration, we maybe get six or seven days of that, like throughout an entire year. The rest of the time, it's 50. It's between 50 and 52, and the sun is nowhere to be found. Wow. And it's either raining and just viciously cold because it's super windy and horrible. 
Yeah, I, I must have got lucky when my I spent 24 hours out there, and it was literally beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you you caught it on a good day. All right, because that's good. And and you know, a, a lot of it too is that like the bait's really very much like right where we live. Like there are absolutely 100% like microclimates. So even every little neighborhood there there could literally be almost a 10 10 to 12 10 to 15 even sometimes degree difference right and you're 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 not even a mile away from where you were yeah cuz <clears throat> my brother lived in berkeley he went to berkeley and yeah berkeley the weather was beautiful right yeah like when i visited in october it was always like 65 70 over there right like it was just a little bit warmer it was like 10 degrees warmer and uh, maybe it wasn't pure sunshine, but it was like some partly sunny, partly cloudy kind of thing going on over there. But I, right. I remember my brother telling me about it, like the whole thing with the Bay Area is that, like what you just said, the microclimates are just happening everywhere. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah. It's like, crazy. I much prefer L.A. where it's, you know, fucking... 88 every day. Oh my See, god. I hated that. <laughs> I literally hated that. Really? Yeah, like I I spent 6 years out in Southern California, like in in the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. But it was there's no clouds, there's no weather, there's nothing. And right. yeah, it's great for a little while, but it gets old real fast to me, at least. Oh, yeah, not to me. Shit, that's right up my fucking alley. All right. People, you know, when I left uh when I left Chicago, it it was it was one hundred percent because of the weather. Yeah, I just could not take it anymore. And people were like you're gonna miss the seasons, and I was like, fuck you, I'm gonna miss the seasons. <laughs> you don't know me at all. I don't want any seasons except for summer. That was all the year round. That was the first thing I thought of when I moved to LA. I'm like, I never have to worry about winter again. Yeah. Until I go back. <laughs> Dude, I, when I when I left. Yeah, right. I almost thought about never even going back, but my parents are still alive, so I have to. <laughs> but, <God damn> it. <laughs> but I, when I when I uh, when I when I moved out there, no joke, the day the day I left, it was <clears throat> my second move out there, the, the the like permanent one. It was twenty four below zero. I, I remember <laughs> the, your post. The, the temperature. <laughs> Dude, Not I, with the wind chill. The wind chill, it was, I think, 51 below. And at the time, it was the coldest it had ever been in oh, recorded history yeah. in the wow. city of Chicago. Wow. I, I think you're mistaken. I, I think it was 54 or 55 below. Because I, okay, I remember your post. Because I, oh, I, yeah. I, I remember like, I was getting a lot of your posts on Facebook when you were about to move. And then when you first got to LA. So I, re- I remember this cause I I'd wake up in the morning and I, you know, take my, my morning dump and I, right. I'd see your posts and I remember your, your, you know, <laughs> that, that's what he remembers from his morning. Oh, dump because dude, Billy I was posts. at that point. I well cause I, I knew Billy was, was moving out there and I wanted to move out there. And if my, my whole thing at that point was like, I got it. I, at least once in my life, I have to move to LA and just give it a shot. And just you know, yeah. try the acting and comedy thing out there, and just be out there, and and just do it. And Billy was talking about it, and I remember you were walking your dog, and you were 
you were on the hill. I think it was on Marview, and you were taking a picture. You're like, "This is L.A. in February," and yeah. you're and you gave the temperature, and then you're like, "The sun just rose," or it was some it was something like to that effect, where you had a story, and then. I think it was around that same time frame. You're like, there's all these myths about L.A. And you're like, and then you start talking about the food. Food, Korean, you're like Mexican. And you start listing off all the great food. And I was just like, dude, you are just selling it to me to where (laughs) I'm ready. I'm just ready. You know, I mean, I know Chicago food. I mean, we... Geez, it's just like a triple by quadruple bypass, but LA LA so LA food is LA food. It, they got a lot of classic stuff there. Tons. I mean, I mean Tons. vegetarian stuff. There's it's that's everywhere out there. Is it? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> they have they have there are straight up vegan re- restaurants that just solely exist. They don't have one fucking animal product on their menu and never will and they and the businesses thrive and they're like some of the best restaurants you could ever want to go to yeah yeah absolutely amazing 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 stuff yeah that 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 transition was you know i had always wanted to be chicago i'm born and raised in chicago and and chicago will always be home i have i didn't leave chicago because i hated it i love chicago more than most anywhere else yeah i just could not take the fucking weather anymore i couldn't take it yeah. i'm very much affected by the weather positively and very negatively yeah it ruined my mood and for seven months it's just bitter yeah. cold and i don't like having to wear a bunch of clothes and uh i'm just not into it and i and man that that day i left yeah i think you're right 50 54 55 below with the wind chill whatever and whatever it was i remember it i remember it vividly because i not only did i see your posts but in the newspaper because i was reading a newspaper at that time oh what's that what's that (laughs) and it said that chicago was the coldest inhabitable place in the world besides scientific uh research uh towns whatever Right. And it was cold. Like the, shit, the, the battle stations in X Men. Yeah, it's the only places that are fucking colder. So it was saying that it was colder than this place in Mongolia. I forgot the name of the city, but it was yeah. colder. It was a degree colder than Mongolia. And I'm like, Mongolia, the site, you know, the Siberian desert. You know, yeah. it's fucking. These motherfuckers have mustaches made out of icicles. And it's colder in <laughs> Chicago. Jesus. So what? What year was that? 2015. Yeah, yeah. The second time was 2015. Okay. The permanent move was 2015. Like, yeah. uh, it was well, and it was February, because <clears throat> I, I had my trip got kicked back two days, almost two full days, because uh, again, out of nowhere, nine and a half inches of fucking snow fell out of out of the blue. Yeah. And, trying and to keep you quarantine, shut down the whole entire city. Trying to Cars keep you. Were just just parked in the middle of the street dude like literally on my block at the time i was living on uh like grace and uh um over right next to wood the, uh, like wood or walcott over there right no no this was um i was further uh because uh, why can cause, i not cause remember you were, this i you... was right by uh 
there's a, a music venue up there, like an Irish, an Irish joint. Mrs. Murphy and Sons. Rescues. Huh? Mrs. Murphy and Sons. No, it was like Grace and like 3800 West. So almost. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Abbey Pub. Abbey Pub. Thank you. Yeah. I lived. I could throw a rock and hit the Abbey Pub. Okay. Oh, and, so you were in Avondale. And uh, so there were no joke cars just somebody would just get bold and try to like get their car out and then it was just you, you just saw cars were out like the doors were open people were just like fuck it i'm le- i'm just gonna leave my car in the middle of the street stuck in the snow because like, what could they do yeah until the plows came to get it out and i was like oh my god what the f- what am i doing here and uh, you know by that point i was already ready to go again and i yeah. like i said i had wanted to be out there for shit decades already that's kind of where i wanted to go straight out of high school almost but just yeah. didn't you know and uh <clears throat> so yeah i got i i pulled away a day almost two days after i was supposed to it was the end of february 26th or 28th something like that and uh and i got my car and my dog at the time who was five months old and, uh, Mina was it was it Mina? Yeah, yeah, Mina, Queen of Darkness. Queen of Darkness. Oh yes, <laughs> I loved Mina. <laughs> that was her proper name. Yeah, she's oh. the best dog ever. I remember. Got her now. I remember when I visited uh, L.A. and I went to your place where I lived with you for like that winter spring, and yeah. then she's all barking, and then she stops and she realizes it's me. And she jumped into my arms. It <laughs> right. was the most adorable thing ever. Yeah, she was a great dog. Yeah. Great dog. Is a great dog. I yeah. Shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't talk about her like she's not around anymore. I don't have her anymore. But uh, Stephanie Lee and uh, and and Brandon ha- have her now. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I had <clears> – <throat> and then I ended up getting – were you around when I had Steve? Did I have Steve? No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Pitbull. I met it's her. Like, I met Steve once because she, uh, uh, Steve had a cast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve fell off my fucking back back porch on Marview. Yeah. In LA when he was just a little puppy, he was a rescue that I had found, and and uh, this little tiger striped brindle pit bull. Oh. And he was a sweetheart, little dog, big bruiser. Yeah. But uh, then when my wife got sick, you know. It was she was horribly allergic to dogs, and we were going to have to move out of L.A. and go kind of across the country for a while. And we, yeah, we had, we were renting out our house, and we bought a big RV, but you know, two two big dogs in a in a forty foot RV, yeah, was never going to work. And you know, she needed like a good sterile place to recover from multiple surgeries and all that stuff. So Stephanie gave uh, Mina a home, and then. Uh, one of Shy's, Shy's, my wife Shy, uh, one of her best friends, uh, took Steve. Okay. And they had a couple of pit bulls, and one of them had just died, and like the one, their one dog was just like super heartbroken. So we brought Steve over, and they, they, those dogs got along famously right away, and now they both have awesome, loving homes. You've always been a dog guy. I, always. I, yeah, I remember you always had these big old dogs, even in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, when I think you were living, what was that Newport? Were you living on Newport, or was that? Uh, it was I right. I did have a. I did have a place. You were right about Walcott at one point. I was on like Irving and Walcott, Grace and Walcott for a little while. 
back in the like early 2000s i'm trying to remember when i actually moved in there because i remember you lived right near like roscoe village near the brown line addison stop maybe or yeah i lived around there for a long time i had uh i was on uh yeah, was that Newport? That Where you had Newport. the garage. So that, was in, that was proper in Roscoe Village. Yeah. Like right off Roscoe and Damon. Right by the, what, what was it, the Four Moon Tavern? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, yeah, that was Roscoe Village. Yeah, that was Newport, I guess. That place was on Newport. Okay. How Newport do you remember and, uh, this shit? I, it's one a... street over from, from Damon. Yeah, right, right. And, uh, yeah, that we had a big German Shepherd. Oh, yeah. I just love big dogs. I always, I've always been a dog person. Yeah, yeah. You're right about that. My parents never let them, never let us have any pets, let alone dogs. Really? We were young, so we had we were a zero animal household. Oh wow! And I just remember even as a kid, like you know, way before you even think about moving out, I was like, oh, I can't fucking wait to move out. I'm gonna have a goddamn zoo in my apartment. Which is why you and Mike (laughs) were animals. Jesus, it all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was always now as an adult, you know, you think back and I see like probably it was it was the right decision by our parents to not let us have animals because they were like, dude, you're not going to take care of those animals. And we're like, yes, we will. I promise we wouldn't. We fucking wouldn't have. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> they, they, my dad was like, I'm not walking any fucking dogs. Dude. None of that shit. And we had a big backyard. Like, you don't need to. We got a big yard. We could just never talk them into it. And, uh. Yeah, then when I moved out, uh, my first apartment, I immediately got two ferrets, uh, a huge iguana, and a dog. <laughs> you had the goddamn San Diego Zoo at Seriously, your fucking place. Dude. Fucking Ace Ventura. You just went ham. You're like, don't say ham. I also had a pig. <laughs> right. right? Okay. I, I wanted one. Oh, man. Have you seen, have you seen that? Nicholas Cage movie Pig. Uh no. Oh god. Is it good? I liked it. I like yeah. Did Nicholas Cage went on a rampage with making like all these crazy wacky films like left yeah. and right and I have to say I enjoyed them for however weird or horrible they were for being that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to know why? Cuz he got all of his money stolen. Oh, is that why? Yeah, Mer- uh, uh, Bernie Madoff stole all of his money. What? So he had to just do every fucking movie that came along. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he needed money. He's like, well, I'm sh- I'm, it was better than doing fucking cash for gold commercials. Right? <laughs> there was one where he did a like a, like a Chuck E. Cheese's or Showbiz Pizza place where it was a haunted- was so bad. I loved it, he though. He didn't even say anything. He didn't even say anything, but that's what made it so awesome. It was like a bad, <laughs> really bad horror flick making fun of itself. It was- right. I, I recommend it. What what was the name of that? I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. If you look up Nicolas Cage and then horror movie, I'm sure that one will pop up. And he lived okay. in he lived in New Orleans for a while. Or does he still oh, yeah. live there? I I don't know. He wants to have no. Yeah, I, I I read somewhere where he even wants to have like the whole New Orleans like uh parade when he dies like that whole funeral that new orleans oh, wow. yeah that's yeah there's 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 a few uh celebrities that live out there that's where we were living before we came here oh, that's right that's and, right uh, it was like i think uh like brad pitt and angelina 
Jolie or something. Matt McConaughey. Big house out there. Yeah. There's a couple other people, and I didn't know about Nicolas Cage, but uh, probably it was a it was a cool city. Like again, it's kind of sort of like uh, totally different than San Francisco, but right. in our experience, we we didn't really get to experience at all because you know less than two weeks after we moved there the pandemic like full-on hit yeah so oh, we were just imprisoned in our fucking yeah. rv the whole time we lived there and uh my wife's like one of her best friends and her husband live out there so we did have somebody that at least we knew but we never got to see him you know we were so afraid right man like, she was cancer recovery and yeah always being cut open in surgeries and shit we were just like stay the fuck away from us yeah everyone. man <clears throat> so we didn't get to you know experience it like i've been there a few times and, and i had fun and my wife used to live there for a good few years a couple of times even i think and it's like her favorite city in the whole country <clears throat> so uh but like to to live there and experience it fully we we didn't i didn't get that time we didn't get to do that together and we came here and you know we're still stuck in this shit so yeah still, I, sorry i was i was about to move into your guys's uh coach house with my comedy That's team right. with my comedy team like yeah, i was trying yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds like a hoop oh that would have been because right yeah you that were perfect oh that was like you know you're you were showing me the pictures and i was like okay i was telling my comedy team about it and i was like all right, like a few of us were ready to be like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this, and it just didn't happen. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right, oh, yeah, that would have been, been awesome, man. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, because we we had we did we did some, uh, you know, we rent the whole house out now with the coach house and everything. Yeah, and, uh, the whole property's rented out now. And, but for a while before we left, we were just you know rent we were just kind of airbnb the coach house yeah and a room or something here and there in the in the proper house as well yeah and uh man to have you guys in there because there was a, a first a friend uh, uh lauren sloan another uh chicago chicago in la person she, yeah she moved into into marview with me after you left okay and then she came with us to the house and moved into the coach house. And okay. So it was nice having a you know a trusted friend there. Yeah. And then you guys would have been would have been great because we could, we would have got even more rent and we had trusted people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And I was doing Uber like crazy up until just like just a little over a month ago. And I, man, Uber was like it took me to a whole other level. I mean, you remember when I was living with you? I was just like just pumping out those rides and we still crushing life out there right but yeah that was that was a fun time it did suck how that one building got fucking erected up uh right in front of that beautiful view from the the chancho susio the uh uh the the, that sky it just took away that skyline view just a little it was like motherfucker big sore thumb big ugly fucking yeah condo yeah condo unit you know i probably had 200 units in it and just they did it stole the postcard picturesque view which we still had a good view but oh yeah it was yeah. it was way better before oh yeah because shit train them 
Trainum, I took over that apartment from Trainum, and, uh, and that, he, that, when he first moved in there, that was where, always where I would go, like, when we would tour through L.A. or do well, anything, just to go visit, like, I always, I always would, that was where I lived when I was there for any amount of time, whether it was two days or six months, I would always stay there. Yeah. And, uh, because we were roommates in Chicago before he went to L.A., which, he, he went to LA. Yeah, you guys were shit, living. You guys. 2000, I think, like maybe 99, something like that, for the first time. And he stayed. And my first time was 2000, but I came back after a year. Yeah, you and Bri were, were living in Chicago together, uh, roommates in Humble Park, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. We had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. We, we lived in this house in Humble on Haddon. Uh, 2628 Haddon was the address of the house. So it was right, it was one street south of Division. And just past dead, Rockwell. Dead between the flags. Okay. okay. And uh, at, that, at that time, it was an absolute war zone. Yeah, right. Gang activity in, in uh, I think it was 97 even, was that year that, like, it was so hot that the, you know, the news would come out. It was like, check your old people. They probably didn't make it. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you smell something funny, call the authorities. Someone's dead. Oh, God. And, uh, it was wild. And all the fucking power went out because it was too hot. And it was in that same year, I guess there was like a purge in in all in the prisons, you know, in like uh, Jesus. county and, and wherever for where they, they had like basically let people let nonviolent criminals out because the prison was so over run pop overpopulated yeah so that like every every gang leader that was all based in you know every gang based out of humble park which is all of them <laughs> all got let out and it was like so i heard it was like you know a war again to reclaim their territory territories or whatever and wow. dude, it, no joke, man. Like every single day, at least, at least five times, automatic gunfire, uh, squealing tires, like drive-bys, gunshots. Day it didn't matter if it was broad daylight, night. Jesus. Open fire, dude. It was crazy. Now, I will also say that I had some of the best neighbors that I've ever had in my entire life living in Hubble Park. Like the two the two neighbors on either side of this house that we rented, which was a toilet, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then directly across the street from us were like the nicest people uh you could want to meet. Yeah. And uh yeah man, we had me train them and then a kind of a revolving door of other roommates but one mainstay was always a, a, a friend of ours a Liz and she she was with us for a good long time like the whole time in that house and then two it was a five bedroom house two car garage like laundry and stuff in the place but you if you laid on the ground in like the living room yeah you could literally see outside <laughs> <laughs> like the, the walls didn't meet the floor so some, you're talking like a sun, like a, like a, a sunlight, or what do you call it? Uh, natural light. Yeah, I, the natural light windows. Yeah. What do you call them? Yeah, it was a little, a little light well. 
<laughs> but it was on the but it was on the floor. To the point of then in the winter time, snow drifts would accumulate in the corners because the snow would live quite literally blow inside the house okay. through the under underneath the wall that didn't reach the floor. Built in refrigerator. <laughs> it was insane. But it cost five bedroom house. It was a thousand dollars a month total. Wow. So when it was full, rent was two hundred. Wow. And you had your own room, giant rooms, a big like giant long shotgun house. And we had this huge hundred and eighteen pound Rottweiler. Hundred sorry, hundred and eight pound Rottweiler. And he he could he we would throw a ball to him and he could literally run and get a full on run, like a horse race run down the length of this house. It was oh, so wow. long. It was awesome. Wow. But what a p- pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood was rough back then. But I guess it's uh you know, it's gotten a little safer these days. But it's called gentrification. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, there was it was kind of like I know it was kind of sort of it hadn't started back then. Yeah. There were times like we'd get, you know, you'd get a note in the mailbox and it was someone who was walking around the neighborhood that was just like, you know, kill all these white people moving in. They're going to push us out, which they were right. You know, they were right. Yeah. It always happens with gentrification. Yeah. But we were there like when it was just a, you know, <clears throat> a glimmer in someone's eye. You were the artist. buying up shit there. You were the yeah. artists. Yeah. yeah. Nobody fucked with us. You know, we had a big like, hippie which none of us were hippies but we had a tapestries hanging from the walls and shit and they were just like look at these fucking crazy fuckers what, <laughs> what are you guys doing living here what's wrong with you people you know like nothing dude we're artists we're broke yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and they come well, over and we drink beers and trade vhs movies and shit vhs yeah dude God. rush hour two they like loved rush they loved they rush, loved hour, rush two. hour it's like two. gone with the wind <laughs> yeah. So what it was like man's greatest cinematic achievement God. rush hour two. That was with uh Smokey, what's his name? Chris Tucker? Yeah, dude. Chris Tucker, Hilarious Jackie movie. Chan, come and, on. And Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Real funny. Very, very funny movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but what yeah, it was So what music projects were going on uh in your life at that time? Uh at that time, so well, a, no, a number of things actually. <clears throat> so Trainum and I had had a uh, a comedy rock band actually yeah. back like before Tenacious D was even around. Yeah. We had a comedy rock band called Chick Hockey, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I w- he was Chick Moreno and I was Tom Hockey. Together we were Chick Hockey, and and it was just him. What happened? Hilarious! Come on. What's that? So what what happened to that? Uh, it just fizzled after a little while because, uh, really, my I got to uh, I got I lost kind of confidence in in it, and I lost my nerve because Tenacious D then finally came out, and oh, I was no. like, oh my god, we had actually done pretty well. Like we we had a we had a mainstay at Second City. Oh and we Jesus! Had a, a friend uh, Matt Dwyer, who would run with 
last week I know when we tried to do this you had Joe Joey Nunez on and, and um, him and and Matt Dwyer and Horatio Sands and all these dudes would do Matt had a uh, something called the Midnight Bible School and it was a weekly comedy show yeah and we kind of had not a I don't want to call it a residency but we did a t- million shows there and just at different comedy clubs and it was a comedy act but po- you know like Tenacious D it was posed as a rock band but it was right. just just me and him and he had no musical talent whatsoever <laughs> so it was yeah. just me playing a guitar with like you know these super heavy riffs and different shit and him saying just with hilarious lyrics and you know it's songs called crap slushy <laughs> and uh sucker punch and santa uh, target for my fist which was about that fucking stupid Jennifer Aniston haircut that like every girl had when Jennifer Aniston had it on Friends it just said <laughs> it was just the ag- aggravating haircut that people had the aggravating <laughs> and, haircut uh, we made a couple of records and we did like the Lower East Side Comedy Festival in New York and oh tra- you know Trainum was Trainum was uh, he was doing a stand up stand ups back in the in that in the day man like he hung with everybody like I got to really kind of meet and befriend a ton of amazing comics back then Dwayne Kennedy and Kyle Kinane and uh, Joe Rogan too right there's so many don't, no don't, he, don't Joe Rogan was name. like from Boston <clears throat> I mean he was he was doing his thing for sure but he wasn't he wasn't a Chicago guy that, like that we were you know friends with yeah uh, but Henry Scott and Adam Crocious and Darren Bodecker and like there's I don't even want to really start naming people because I'll forget so many and they were just so so amazing yeah and uh, a lot of great comedy shows and and I got into that whole world through train them you know and he, he the chick hockey was really his idea and uh, <clears throat> we just put it together and then we, we did it for a good long time and we had great fun with it and then I just kind of lost my nerve because tenacious d came out and i just we just didn't compare <laughs> you know it was never gonna be you know in a perfect world i i always saw it as it was already hilarious the characters were funny yeah train was gut bustingly hilarious and but then musically it just did not you know i wanted it to be an actual fucking killer band but be hilarious yeah at the same time and it just never you know there weren't enough musicians in the comedy scene that would do it and that were kind of good enough to really pull it off and then the musicians took them you know a lot of them took themselves too seriously and didn't want to give it any time to be in a in a comedy act you know it was like one or the other so it just fizzled and and then like I said really at the end of the day I ended up just you know backing out of it entirely because i just was like oh my god how is it gonna ever be as good as tenacious d like what and so i mean mean, you you didn't have to be (laughs) you didn't have to be as good as but you could have went out on tour with them yeah you opened up for tenacious it was definitely the wrong decision i I don't back that decision that i made that back out of that and because you know Flight of the Concords came around, right, and a right. Other ripoffs and shit that had their own thing, but uh, it just, it, it. I don't know. Who knows what we could have done with it? But in my head, I couldn't see it 
coming together to be what it really needed to be, which was good on both levels, right. funny and also really good musically. You wanted and it then, to be uh, the best, and then you saw Tenacious D, and you're like, it'll never get to that level. Yeah, I, I was, I was absolutely intimidated by how fucking hilarious they were, and really good. And they yeah. sang, you know, sing perfect harmonies. And yeah, Jack, but they both have amazing voices, and you know. It, we just we, we weren't gonna get there. But you uh, could sing, man. You're like you got that uh, that tenor voice. You 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 could hit those notes. Sure, I could. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now we now now we see where it's going. Right. Um, so and it, you know it really was like I I I don't. Uh, <laughs> if the demise of it was a hundred percent because of my loss of of faith and 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 intimidation in in it in in us in being able to to you know be as good as we wanted it to be and yeah. maybe I didn't see the the big picture because really I mean it could have been maybe it would have been funny you know because it was so shitty it was probably half the reason why it was so funny outside of his lyrics right. But, uh, you know, and the crazy get-ups and shit, like we would have, you know, the, the Chris Kwanzaa Ramadanica show every year. <clears throat> and we'd have, you know, see, a plastic, inclusive. I like plastic see baby yeah. Jesus and just kick it across the whole fucking comedy club. And Jesus. people would, were just, would just throw shit at us and be so offended, you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was just like, and those were yeah. like, those were the nights when I was fucking proud to be in. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Look at those fucking holy rollers. They're out of here. Later. <laughs> You know, you're taking yourselves too seriously. You already <laughs> paid. <laughs> you already yeah, paid well, for Satan. <laughs> What's that? You already paid for Satan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was only four bucks to <laughs> sit down. <laughs> and, a... <laughs> and we just, you know, hide put things under the chairs, you know, trying to make an announcement like, Hey, we've got everyone a holiday gift. Look under your chair. You know, some people would luck out and they'd get a, a 40 of high life. And then somebody else would get, you know, just some shitty gift like a finger puppet or a sign that just said, we've got cock or something like that. Oh, <laughs> you know, just, just bullshit or, you know, Jesus was, Jesus blew me or he, something fucking offensive. Oh, you know? yeah. God. And, uh, <laughs> It was it was definitely one of those things. Either you loved it or you hated it, and there were people that just were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. But then other people that really fucking ate it up, you know. Yeah. But that's how you know you got something. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we did. Yeah. But you know, I just like I said, I just yeah. I got scared right. when I saw Tenacious come out. I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's what we've been trying to do, but it's it's not." there right yeah right i wasn't satisfied with it musically and which then there was the adam you know who knows there was the adam sandler songs that were going on like you know right uh (laughs) happy hanukkah and you know his uh, and then he you know train went on to do uh to do other things with it he he did kind of this you know similar the same idea but with less instrumentation it was even less musical which served it better, uh, in like he had something called the Beef Curtain Cowboys when he first moved out there, and then he changed the name of it to Pipe Sandwich, 
God. And, uh, you know, all comedy rock bands, and, and he was always hilarious, which he still is. I mean, I think he's one of the funniest people ever born. Like, I just <laughs> have laughed. I haven't laughed harder. Yeah, there was like in a... anyone's presence than his ever, you know, like, and consistently and just fucking funny, funny, funny dude. I remember the there was like a photo album in, in the Chanch... Uh, the Chancho Sucio bar, like behind the bar. And there was some people that my buddy Don, you remember Don Schweiger, God rest his soul. Uh, uh, and, and he, uh, he recognized some of the people like Ramsey and there was some other second city uh, comedian, improv Olympic comedians that moved to LA. And I'm like, Oh, and it looked like an older spot. Cause there was, the Chancho Sucio, what I lived with you and Marview, but there was another one, right? On, on su- off Sunset. Yeah. yeah, like Sunset and Alta Vista. Okay. It was behind, uh, I think it was Girls, 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 or yeah, yeah, yeah. strip clubs over there. I think it was Girls, Girls, Girls. Yeah. And it was uh, like, it was, it was like sh- almost shared a, uh, a balcony with this uh, infamous building. It's called like the Pink Building or something, which I don't know why it was infamous or whatever. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no part. Yeah, that was the start of that was the first chunch. And yeah, that was like Nunez was in those photos and Lance Barber, who's now uh he he plays young he's on Young Sheldon. He's like the dad on Young Sheldon. And uh he was a Chicago comic that went out there and, and uh we lived across the across the uh uh the balcony was Johnny DiMaggio who's a, like a, you know, a voiceover bajillionaire and he's Bender on Futurama and a, wow. a, a million things. He was in everything for a little while. Wow. And he would, man, I remember that guy had the fucking life, dude. He, in his contract, he could, no matter where he was, as long as he had a clean, like, you know, solid landline, he could phone in his lines. What? So he would literally do Futurama. He would just, he would have like <laughs> eight pound bags of weed and we would just like eat and drink all the beer and smoke all the weed and he'd be like alright I gotta go uh, do some lines I'll be back and he'd like phone his lines in and then he'd be done and he'd make 50 million dollars and fucking sit probably not back then but, but he lived across the hall from us I, so I was looking up voiceover artists and the people that make the most money are from people that are from Simpsons Family Guy uh, American Dad, uh, South Park, and Futurama. Like, those are the big ones. Yeah. Th- those are the yeah, people. He, he hit it big, yeah. for sure. And then he went on to do, I mean, he 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 was in, like, everything. He was, like, the guy for, for yeah. a long time, you know, after that. <clears throat> so. Wow. But, yeah, he's, it was, that was, a, those were fun times. And I didn't even live out there yet. That was the first time I lived out there. But. And I stayed over there for that amount of time, but then I came back and uh, he stayed. And uh, you know, then that the chanch the chanch eventually became bar one hundred and seven. Yeah, literally, like that. Those parties, after hours parties, he would have in the chanch is what started was made him able to open to buy an open one hundred and seven. Oh, that's right the the, the legendary one hundred and seven. <laughs> yep. Yep, one hundred and seven. Is that still around? No, no, it's not. Unfortunately, when when I so when I moved back in twenty fifteen, I 
work there. I said, hey, man, I, I need a, you know, I, I need a gig, something flexible when I come out there. And so he he, uh, he gave me a job in the bar, and I was a bartender, and I was the back of the van bitch a bunch of times, and then oh, I yeah. just work. You know, I, shit, I worked there four or five nights a week sometimes for about the, the final last year of it until it unfortunately closed. They got fucked over by their landlord. Oh, yeah. And uh, made it a wine they bar. They had to leave it. He's doing nothing with the fucking space uh, still to this day. <clears throat> he was like, had big ideas, like he was going to rent it out and it would be some famous room in all these movies and nobody just fucking shit with it. Wow. So it just sucked. It was horrible. That that place was an institution and uh, the best thing to happen to downtown LA. I really had to kind of attribute the, the, the fact that downtown kind of came back. 107 and, and a couple other key places like it were responsible for you know kind of people coming back downtown yeah and now downtown is you know like a kind of a, a fun area to be in again yeah i remember i went on my birthday there july 6 2015 and that was the 10-year anniversary party yep they had they had like burlesque dancers and santa claus and Santa's elves and dude, there was some crazy shit going on that night. Yeah, dude, and that was like almost every night. <laughs> you oh, know? God. It was like a ten-year anniversary party every night in that place. That was the beauty of it. Like, <laughs> it was just that place was so, so special and amazing, and just everyone was fucking welcome. Like, yeah. as long as you're not a jerk, dickhead, yeah, you are welcome to be in here. Like, if you're a cockhead. Yeah. Fuck off. Get out. You're not welcome. Yeah. <clears throat> if you're cool, uh, come on. Yeah. Come on in. And everybody had a great time, always. And it was just, uh, it was a, it was a, a one of a kind place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But what? Uh, no so more. Yeah. And then that, that moved on to the Escondido. Yeah. Then they 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 had both going. For I think the last couple of couple of years of it, maybe yeah, maybe one year of it, yeah, they like had twenty. He, yeah, he he um, he partnered up with uh, his his current partner now, Aaron Aaron Carnes. They they own the Escondite together, and uh, and then made that into an amazing place. It wasn't such a batshit pajama pants crazy house like 107 was. Yeah. <laughs> but you know super fun and then it ended up becoming the the headquarters for the whole chicago and la uh you know group yeah. which for anyone who kind of either knows about it or is in it no one would even have heard of it because it's very you know it's it's a strictly chicago kind of thing but yeah he turned his the place into a chicago bar and and uh and every every you know Every Chicago, everything Chicago goes on in there, and when there's games on of any kind, except for the Sox, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, the, hundreds of people would gather. Everybody who was in the group, you know, yeah. from uh, Chicago and LA would go and just. I mean, we had Cubs World Series there on my birthday. Got to see that when the World Series happened there. The uh, Hawks did their double had their double dynasty win in that bar oh yeah um, you know cubs games like how many fucking cubs games did we go oh to? right 
and from our view, shit, our view, that apartment was on the hill. Yeah. Backed up to uh, Dodger Stadium parking lot. Yeah. So we would just get hammered. Go, and then go through that fence. The and break through the fence. Or yeah. Not break through, but, you know, cut through the fence up top and yeah. climb down the back of the hill and legally be there. Oh, yeah. Down Chavez Ravine. Yep. Yep. Just reminding yeah. reminding me of the movie uh, Born in East L.A. The Neil right. the Neil Diamond song. We're coming to America. Chavez <laughs> right. Ravine. That Ravine's. place was awesome, man. It was <laughs> such a great, such a great spot. Oh yeah, and such a good time. Oh, you know, to kind of another Marview thing. Uh, well, hit rewind sort of for a second, or yeah. pick up back yeah. where, on a story where I left. But what upon leaving Chicago, you know, I tell you how shitty it was on the day I left. But then, I mean, I drove. I drove non-stop with my dog in the car in a in a in her little bed where she was like a she was like a taco filling. That's how small she was. <laughs> oh. And it just I had so much shit in my car like yeah. piled from top to bottom and back to front and then her in the front seat next to me a 5-month-old uh, little dog yeah. and uh, I drove that car filled up the tank and drove it until it was empty. And got out, walk her around a little bit, give her some food, get back in the car, drive till the tank was empty, fill it up, re- rinse and repeat yeah. until I until I made it to I, I my first stop I drove from Chicago to Austin Texas, nice. which was like twenty I made it in twenty two hours. Okay. And I how was the weather out there? Amazing. Well, it actually wasn't amazing. It was it was good. It was like it was nice. It was like sixty. Yeah. Because it was, it was February. Much, it was much better. Yeah. Uh, but coming through after that, though, uh, the rest of that trip, so I stopped and it stayed with a good buddy of mine, and his name is uh, Don Bartlett, him and his wife now, Spring. I crashed at their apartment. Yeah. And for about nine hours, we went out and had some beers, and then they made a breakfast, and by about 11, I got back on the road. And the rest of that ride through Texas was probably the worst weather uh, I've I've experienced like really as far as like they talk about these ice storms that happen out what? in Texas dude it was absurd like everything it was like Ugh. from the movie the mist that's what it looked like this it was the ice was covering everything I think I I don't remember exactly what the number was, but I I think I counted like eleven rolled over like tractor trailers yeah on the side of the road that had flipped from this ice and just so many car accidents along this road because it was just ice like a frozen tundra yeah and and it was really really wild through Texas like I never would have even thought about that yeah. Uh, so anyway, I finished that drive. And then, so the second part of it was another 21 and hours and some time. And I just white knuckled it. I didn't have not a single cup of coffee. I had one five hour energy when I was about six and a half hours from, you know, landing in LA. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was like seeing things by the time I got there. Yeah. I was hallucinating. I was so tired. But I was just like, I got to get to fucking L.A. and just get it. I want to be there so badly. Yeah. And uh, my one of my best friends in life, Anthony Rubino, I talked to him a bunch on the phone during the trip. And 
my parents and, and then I was here. So I pull up to LA in the driveway at Marview and kind of off of what you were saying, I pulled up, I got out of the car. I like, you know, called my parents just to tell them I was like, you better let me know when you get there. So I know you're right. not, you're alive. Right. right. And, uh, and they, cause they knew I was going for it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I did I the same. There, I called I, them, and I stood up, and it was—I'll never forget it. It was six fourteen a.m. See, it was sixty-one degrees, and there was this like the the thinnest, most amazing like mist misting drizzle in the air. Like see, when you go to those fucking clubs, and I think like, you post. You get sprayed by the thing. I think you posted after. this. This was your post on Facebook. Because I, okay, yeah. you, you, you had your dog, and then there was, like, that horizon. Like, it was, like, yes. this beautiful sunrise horizon that you took a picture of. And it was like, oh, my God, there it is. Yeah. Palm trees. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know, at 6 in the morning, right. it was already 61 degrees. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes. And then, you know, two hours later, it was 92 <laughs> And I was just, I couldn't have been happier. I had a smile. I, well, I, I went in the apartment, and I fucking slept for like 14 hours. And then I got up, and I just, I don't think the smile left my face for like a, a year and a half. I was so, <laughs> I was just so incredibly happy to not be cold ever again, you know. Oh, man. I re- yeah, that was, so to touch back on that, that was, that was the, that was the arrival there. It was just such a nice feeling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, sorry, I sidetracked us on that because I forgot to tell the the wrap up of the, of that story. But now I forget what we were talking about before. We were talking about the chanch. We were talking about 107 Escondide, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. So so I, I I'm heading to L.A. at the end of the month. To to live or to no no just no go? just just to go just to visit. Uh, nice. What of these places that you've been talking about? Are any of them still around? Uh, Escondido. Yes. Yeah. All, all of them except for Bar One Hundred Seven, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the Escondido is still very much going. You you have to go. Okay, I will absolutely. They have fantastic food, great staff. You know, a lot of Chicago people. You'll meet some of my moving out there some of my uh you know i made lifelong best friends there family like friends brothers and sisters people that i quite literally you know almost can consider their blood without blood you know like cheers yeah dude chris and abby and nunez and adrian and vita you know these are all people that are just in our friend group that no one's gonna know unless they know us. But yeah, so so I can uh, I I can name drop you and then get some maybe some free guac or something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, all right. Definitely. All right. <laughs> Don't name drop me because there might be spit in it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just some of the best people you'll ever meet, uh, both from Chicago and and just LA natives, and you know from different places. I mean, LA is right. a huge melting pot, so. You meet so many different people from so many different places. Right, right. LA, LA gets a real bad rap from, you know, people. I remember people would say kind of like the, you know, we're trying to like talk me out of it, you know, almost. Yeah. In a sense, like, oh, you're going to hate it. The food sucks. People are fucking douchebags. Hollywood, you know. Yeah. 
yes, that's true. Like, <laughs> but you, you hang yeah, out true in story. fucking douchebag Hollywood. Yeah. Then, yeah, of course. But you, you, pretty much everywhere else, it's just you can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. You really have to do. Uh, you have to really have to search out the good people in LA. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it takes some, some weeding. Yeah, I won't, I won't, I yeah. won't deny that. But they're there, and and when you find them, they're absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they they made it there, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, places like Highland Park and yeah, you know, like uh, what what was it, Boyle Heights? Like there there was some cool there were some cool areas out there with cool people. I, I very I, much so. I, I I met I met some very very wonderful people out there that I'm still uh very good friends with to this day. Oh yeah. And uh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super genuine, you know, yeah. just really really, you know, the good part about like you know, LA natives especially like yeah. They don't give a fuck about any of that shit. Yeah. That's they grew up with it all. And it's nothing, you know, it's nothing to them. So Yeah, my good my it's, it's nice. People don't point that out when they talk about it. Yeah. They only talk about the yeah. kids who you know, who are all the people who Right. Would like the implants. Yeah. Who, my... who are there for the shitty reasons. Yeah. Not shitty reasons, but you know uh they're the fucking dickheads. Like the <laughs> yeah. the people who live there are, are fucking awesome. Yeah, my good my good friends uh Christina and, and uh Tiffany, they're LA natives and they rock. They yeah, uh, they just and they, they they I don't know if you would want to call it a thick skin or, or what, but they just let that that kind of roll off their shoulders and they're just right. really uh solid people. And you know they're 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 city folk themselves. You know it's it's L.A. Sure. and uh, into really think, co- cool things. You know and yeah, man. I think that's why people from Chicago kind of tend to to thrive there because it's yeah. very similar. Yeah, it's very similar. You know, we, we just fit right in. It's yeah. the same similar kind of just their whole demeanor. You know, in a lot of ways, the big town and. And it's it's very diverse. And Completely. The water is on the on the west side instead of the east. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everything's ex- everything's more like acceptable, you know. Every there's just nobody gives a shit. Nobody's yeah. worried about you know. Oh look at that fucking asshole! Like nobody cares. Like oh cool, you know. Or there's just nothing. Nobody even pays any mind because it's just somebody doing their own thing. Like. Nobody one, gives a shit. One thing I noticed about LA is that they have a lot of classic diners and taverns still in full tact as if it looked the way it looked 50 years ago. Right. And I probably would think because of like Hollywood and filming and all that and um that was that's one thing I I remember and enjoy about LA. Like, uh, for instance, like, um, like the apple pan or, or what was the, uh, uh, Casa Vega. You ever been to that Mexican joint? It, uh, oh, it's in, it's in studio uh, city. Uh, on Ven- I, I don't recognize it by name. Okay. It's like on Ventura Boulevard and it's, uh, in studio city 
It was in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they uh, uh, they they filmed you know Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio having just a bunch of margaritas, getting shit faced in there, and mm-hmm. dude, it's straight out of like the 1950s, you know, yeah. like the way way those old bars looked in the 50s with the with those like those those bar seats, those red leather bar seats, and you know yeah, like. Dude everything's real dim lit inside there and you know some kind of mob action is going on inside <laughs> right and you have, yeah there's a lot of places like uh have you guys ever been to in chicago uh marie's pizza oh on, yeah uh, lawrence and kevdale yeah over in avondale yeah yeah dude like that so my <clears throat> one of the one of the last places i was living was in albany park over there or albany park and, right uh, it was would go to Marie's. It was walking distance. We could walk around the block, and that place has still very much. You know, it looks like uh, it looks like Vegas from like the sixties. Yeah. The rock walls, and they never changed it. And they felt so fucking zebra cakes and tacky lighting and shit. Right. <laughs> Just, but it makes it so much more awesome. And then they have the best pizza ever made. Oh yeah, yeah, so good. But yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of joints like that. It's that that kind of thing you can find is you're you're right in LA, is is prevalent. You know, you find a lot of a lot of uh, really cool old places that just kept their old charm and never, uh, you know, never like renovated or updated because why? This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you, and you were also doing some other music projects before you got to LA too. You you had a couple things going on. Yeah, straight straight music was then uh, uh, after Chick. Well, really at the same time as Chick Hockey, I had a band uh, that I'd started called Great Apes. <clears throat> started with, well, I, I started it with a guy named Newt Cole, who he used to play in. A ton of bands like uh, he was in with Cassius Clay for a bunch and and uh, uh, Tribal Opera. Um, he used to do Liquid Soul nights and everything. Well, anyway, yeah. And uh, Trailer Hitch, so I ended up playing and starting Great Apes with him, and then ended up being able to join Trailer Hitch again all through Train Them <clears throat> and. Uh, um, that was when kind of things, everything turned around, you know, like I yeah. train him, took me to a hit show and I was like, my whole world was changed. Yeah. I was like, okay, now I see, now I see. And these are my people. Yeah. And this is where I need to be. Like I, it, that him bringing me there and, and, uh, and getting in with those guys and then certainly being in great apes and hitch and you know playing with bands that like had just talent levels of players and and singers and everything the whole nine was there and and then the most important part was the determination like i wasn't the only guy that just lived every waking moment to make yeah. music and be in a band like i, I found people that shared my passion completely you know not like all the other bands i've been in where 
okay, well, we're going to practice fucking five nights a week. And then yeah. we'd end up practicing maybe one because, well, I have to go and, you know, work at fucking Bank of America in the morning. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, whatever, not, you know, nothing against working at Bank of America. But, <laughs> you know, like, I, I thought we were doing something here. Like, yeah. what the fuck am I, what, why am I wasting my time with you? <clears throat> and, uh, so, you know, a number of those, and then I found those guys, and I was like, holy shit. Then when I would just have whatever stupid shitty job I was and would just not go because I'd have practice, like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, like, a loser. It actually helped my cause, you know, because yeah. there was more important shit to do than some dumbass job, you know, <laughs> sweeping floors or some fucking bullshit yeah. just to get by. Like, I'm going to put my effort into having a career in music and uh yeah so that was that was a big uh that was a, a huge moment in my in my life those days and probably why i'm so fond of you know the late 90s and, and early 2000s yeah. in, in chicago and that scene because i i ended up being a you know a part of it yeah and uh it just changed my whole life it, i came into I wasn't alone anymore. Like I, like I said, you know, I always, always was comfortable in my skin and I knew what I wanted. I knew, I, I knew what I was going to do from the time I was shit, probably 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. And, uh, but never, never met another person that at least that I ever played in a band with that felt the same way, you know? Right. It was always a hobby. And I didn't have any time for that shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I got things to do. Yeah. I did not want to go to work at Bank of America or fucking, you know, whatever. I had a band and, like, <clears throat> the first band was so, <laughs> so incredibly bad. But back in Chicago and, and uh, like, my the first, the first time I was in, like, a, an actual band where we played shows and we wrote music together and you know where we were a band my first apartment ever i moved out of my parents house to move in with these guys in the band yeah and uh they were all going to uic they were like students at uic and i was just a, a guitar player you know <laughs> that was yeah it. Uh, we gotta do this and i thought like i was real excited finally found a band but it was more of the same, you know, they were there to be students and, and later on they got jobs as accountants or some shit yeah. and they like just moved. And I, I remember being so pissed because I was like, God, you motherfuckers, like how many years have we been doing this? And now you're, now you're going to quit because why, like, why would you do that? I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. And then they all, they couldn't wrap my head around why I wouldn't do that. You know, yeah. It's just different different kinds of people that and it just didn't jive and then you know of course that ended up being one of the best things that ever happened because <clears throat> then that lent itself to getting into great apes and trailer hitch and you know all the, all the real bands that with with, with the, the right people that were so all it happened for a great reason and and uh and yeah, you shit you I the mean, rest is shitty history you <laughs> I mean, you get you played uh, at Lollapalooza. What was that? Uh, yeah, ten yeah, years I, ago I, or so. Uh, sorry, say that again. Was that around ten years ago, or when? When was that? Yeah, just about nine. 
Yeah, that was 2013. We played Lollapalooza 2013. Okay. And uh, that was a band uh, <clears throat> called Rivals of the Peacemaker. And my 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 ex-wife actually uh, started a band with some people. I had hooked her up with some musicians because she was looking to start a band but wanted to do like a country kind of band. Yeah. And I have never been interested in that. Um, like I like dirty old country, but yeah. it wasn't my, my, my thing necessarily. And I was always playing in kind of, you know, heavier bands, rock bands, different yeah. things. And I said, well, I don't really want to do it, but you know, I know some, I know the best play, some of the best players you'll find who probably would want to do it. And, uh, brought her around and they started a band and then she came and sat down one day and said, Hey, would you listen to this song? Like, I don't know if I, she wrote this song and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. You like, you wrote that? She said, yeah. I was like, all right, well, I want in. <laughs> so, and and so, that, uh, that song was I Jolene, right? <laughs> Jolene. What's that? <laughs> so that, do- that song was Jolene. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wish. <laughs> But uh, it was real good, and then uh, so I I joined the band, and and then uh, we we uh, had had a good had a good little run. There was an original group of players, amazing players and good friends, but God, we came to an impasse at one point where you know we were kind of you know again like if I'm doing it, like I'm fucking doing it. I'll yeah. take that shitty gig. I'll take. I'll do the stupid fucking contest. I don't care. Yeah. If the I'm looking at the end of the day, like, can I continue living my life supported by my art? Yeah. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. I mean, I would like to be rich, but uh, if I'm if I'm able to play, you know, make music and not sweat my bills because of my music, yeah, I'm the happiest person on the planet. Earth. Oh yeah. So we we did that and we 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 entered like a contest basically it was essentially a battle of the bands like it was really fucking horrible <laughs> and nobody really wanted to do it but like you're gonna fucking do it because and uh, if we won which i was very confident we would win uh you got to play on this hodag festival which was a huge fucking thing like somewhere in way in the woods of Wisconsin or something. Yeah. It was a really big, like, you know, it was basically like a Lollapalooza of country. And we were a very punk based, like punk, punk country, rock country thing, like X or, you know, kind of along those lines. Yeah. Not like, you know, not like fucking, I don't even know country guys, but Garth Brooks and Luke Bryan and all that bullshit. <laughs> like none of that stuff. You know? Yeah. Right. It was like dirty old fucking, shit kicker yeah. country yeah <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> uh we said hey we, you know let's go do this thing it's gonna suck but when we win we'll get on a big stage and you know it'll you know i guess this thing i shouldn't call it Lollapalooza. it was probably like Summerfest, the equivalent of Summerfest. yeah and uh none of them wanted to do it they were just like fuck that that's stupid blah 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 in which it was, but again, the payoff was too good to not do it. So I was just like, fuck it. Let's go. Me and we packed up four of us and, uh, 
I mentioned Anthony Rubino earlier, one of the greatest guitar players I've ever had the pleasure of playing with and uh, and having as a, another brotherly best friend. Yeah. And uh, he fucking got in the car with us, man, and we went and played a set of like hard rocking shit with two guitars and a fucking electric washboard. Like it was shitty, but we still went and kicked the shit out of that place, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I just, I knew we could, and I knew we had it in us. And then at that point it was just like, <clears throat> we left that configuration of the band and just continued on. And we brought, we had Anthony full time and, uh, uh, we brought on a guy called Derek Crawford to play drums and, and uh, uh, Jeff O'Connor playing bass and that ended up being our like solid lineup for a little while Yeah. and uh, at first the guy Andy Levenberg from uh, he was in the old number 8s back in the day another like super talented multi-instrumentalist guy and uh, we did that band for a long time and, and uh, eventually get end up getting you know not signed by red bull because they didn't have a label at the time but we were like sponsored by them so they were putting us on all this cool shit you know these uh red bull sound select we were their featured artist a bunch of times and they they would have us play uh those things where the the guys make uh people make the, the shitty airplanes and like launch them off the ramp and just basically fall 60 feet to their fucking pain in the water <laughs> their shitty unflying flying planes that they made homemade planes and uh so they were giving us a lot of cool shit and then uh we eventually then got asked to uh be you know a featured artist at Lollapalooza and got invited to play Lala and wow. played it that year with Cat Power we played oh jeez uh, um Band of Horses and yeah the queens of the stone age jeez yeah dude it was fucking awesome wow <clears throat> but a lot of fun and then but that was you know like i said that band was with my ex-wife and and uh eventually not that that really had anything to do with it but um that band uh dissolved and uh that was it and then our divorce finalized and i was like okay you know what i i just have nothing well and in the meantime i had bought into uh what used to be the dark room we bought the space that was the dark room and opened a bar venue bar restaurant venue in that space called the greenville tavern Uh, yeah one of our partners ended up being an embezzler and we lost the whole thing but uh uh i was just like well okay i have absolutely nothing on the planet holding me in Chicago anymore. And so you, you won't I'm going back to California. And you were, <laughs> yeah. weren't you in another band that like had a record deal or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that band was called exit the King. We started being called the mighty fine machine, but yeah, we got, we ended up getting signed to, uh, Sony and, uh, in, I signed on, on my brother's birthday, 2004. So I called him up. I was like, hey, dude, I got me a record deal for your birthday. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah, that was a, that was another, another good man that had a lot of potential and of course got fucked up in the end by some fucking dickhead. Yeah. Who I'm not even going to give the, I don't even want to 
I don't even like to talk about the person as it like completely ruined my life. <laughs> you uh. know? After that was uh that was the you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of things were gonna happen yeah. in that band and um and you were anyway. And you were also in the band Filter as well. You had a uh, lot going on, man. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, yeah, that that was that yes, but that was very that was a very short lived time because okay. in the time in the time when I accepted that gig, just as a I, I can't I can't claim to have been in filter, but it was a high, you know, hired gun guitar player. Okay. Uh <clears throat> so I wasn't like a member of Filter. Okay. But um essentially as soon as I uh as soon as I accepted that, it was a very short time later that my own band I was able to get signed to Sony. So uh, I I chose to do that over, you know. Right. Now, seeing the way it, that all turned out, I should have stuck with Filter and done the job or gig, and you know who knows what happened. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm like I I'm basically like the the encyclopedia of near misses oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know but always managed to uh, always managed to keep it going enough to where I could live off it you know I can say I've never had to I mean I you know I've done uh, other jobs and of course you gotta do shit that you don't wanna do necessarily in certain times but for 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 the most part I've been fortunate enough to completely live off off of music yeah you you you, in my book, you, you crush life. You you <laughs> you've always. I mean, from Chicago to L.A. to New Orleans to San Francisco. I mean, you're you're just crushing life. Well, well, I'm alive, <laughs> and it's I'm having fun. I've I've definitely uh, you know couldn't couldn't complain. That's for sure. Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, always done what I've wanted to do yeah and that's that just means everything to me you know I can't not do I can't I can't I just I can't I wasn't wired that way right and uh I can't do some shit that I don't have any interest in or I'm just like I have to do it I fucking hate it I can't live like that so what's on the horizon now uh now we're so this will I got uh Met my my now wife. Yeah. Uh, at the Escondite. Okay. Or not? Yeah, we had we had had uh, so the as the rivals band was kind of filtering out, we were out on tour, and we had a show in San Diego get canceled, and uh, I called Train and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be close, so give me a, you know, give me an acoustic set or something. I just want to come and see everybody and." It was gonna supposed to have been our last show, and then we were just gonna go back home. Yeah. And so, so give me a set me up with an acoustic set there, and we played uh, just a stripped down acoustic thing there, and 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 my my wife now was there like with her best friend, just coincidentally not there to see us or anything. We were just at the bar, and we met that night, and uh, she was still kind of she was living in LA but was like she's an actor and, and yeah. writer and producer and director and all that so she <clears throat> she was uh, spending a lot of time in 
Atlanta and New Orleans. Yeah. And for like the next three years, I basically just kind of like stalked her on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when I noticed like, cause she, she was living here and I hadn't, I hadn't moved fully from Chicago to, to uh, LA yet. It was yeah. still about another five or six months before I had made my move. So I didn't even live there yet. And we had met that one night and then I stalked her around and every time I'd see something she'd post and be like, Hey, uh, are, are you in LA? Like, let's hang out, you know? Yeah. And then finally, like three years later, she's like, yeah, I'm here now for a minute. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking coming over. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was it. And we, we hung out and, uh, I mean, shit, like almost, almost literally have not spent another day apart wow. from each other. And now we've been married. And so, but to answer your question, uh, we're, she's coming out of, uh, you know, a hell ride with, with cancer and yeah. she got diagnosed with breast cancer in 2018. And yeah, since has had, geez, upwards of 10 major surgeries now since then. So she's got one more coming up here in the end of March or beginning of April, sometime around there. And she's going to recover from that. Uh, we're going to, pack our shit and get the fuck out of San Francisco and go to we got our our, our eyes set on Costa Rica right oh, now. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. So we're going to go and and just live a little, man. You know, we spent the last like 2 years certainly because of COVID, but the, our last 4 years have just been spent dying. So now we're going to go live. Nice. Go live. A while. Yeah, go live. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, man. Build a nice little studio out there and just it's close enough you know it, it's actually when i when i told my parents you know they're like now that we got the kid you know we have we have a one-year-old son yeah and uh you know my mom and dad are of course over the fucking moon about them like they are mike's kids and everything you know yeah right so as grandparents are them, like yeah we're going to costa rica they were like what the what <laughs> why would you do that and i was like yeah. it's like the exact same distance like what it's actually it'll be easier to get there we'll probably see you more when we move to costa rica and and it it literally like from where we're living now i think my dad actually looked it up and he's like where you're talking about going is is like 18 miles difference from our front door in chicago so i was like see no big deal <laughs> and, uh, just a different so country, so have your passport yeah, handy. Country. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to be beautiful. And, and vaccination. Yeah, get there, and and, it's, and I'm just going to have a nice little, you know, shitty studio, and people, musician friends, anyone is always going to be welcome. But we want to go, and I'll just make fucking records out there, <clears throat> and uh, that's that's the horizon for us right now. Go and give the kid a little culture. Yeah, nice. Live, you know, bring him up in different places, and yeah, you know, we don't want to move him like a military brat, but yeah, he'll 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 certainly be a well-rounded individual. And and I just uh, you know, <laughs> music is already such a fucking huge part of of his life, and I'm cramming it down his throat, of course, and <laughs> he'll decide whatever he wants later, but. He's he's gonna end up hating it. You realize that, right? What's that? He's gonna end up hating music, just because you love it. He will <laughs> right. end up hating I, it. I I push him to him 
in a fun way though. He, like he, I'm not making him take piano lessons. He's I'm, gonna become I'm an accountant. Just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He's gonna move to he's gonna move somewhere to work for Bank of America. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah. And uh which if he does I'm fine, you know, as long as he's happy, I don't give a shit. But uh but you know, I mean, I can't. I, I, all I do is live and breathe the music. It's the only thing I care about. Yeah. And uh, so, you, we get up in the morning, and you know, he of course wakes up at, at the fucking ungodly hour, between <laughs> five thirty and six in the morning. And um, me and Shy are both vampires. So when yeah. he wakes up, I'm just ready to throw myself off the fucking roof. Yeah. But <laughs> but then I get up, and you know, we we have WrestleMania. You know, he. <laughs> always retains the belt he's never <laughs> lost the belt he's the reigning heavyweight champion of the world and yeah i've never seen a person take so many pile drivers and so many vicious body slaps <laughs> he just walks sloughs them right off and always puts me down for the pin every day and then i plug in my guitar and and uh we fucking have thrash thrash metal rock shows in the morning and he's he's just now learning to like i've taught him to bang his head so <laughs> as soon as I plug that fucker in, he gets all excited and comes and runs over on the side of the couch. And we played like uh, we played Rust in Peace this morning. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, part and a bunch of Metallica, and then we watched uh, we watched Cannibal Corpse at uh, Bloodstock 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So and, and he, like every day. He's gonna be 29 next year, right? Yeah, right. It was 14 <laughs> months ago, not 29. Okay. <laughs> and he's going to be like, God, why didn't you show me music that was actually fucking relevant right? to my age? Right. You dickhead. Oh, boy. <clears throat> but, I, and then I'll tell him because I don't, I'm not a fan of child abuse. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've never been a fan. You've never been a fan of relevant music anyway, so. Yeah, that's kind of true. Right. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah really. Back in my heyday, I think that was about the only time that that uh, I did give a shit about music that was relevant. At least in the, I mean, all music is relevant, but yeah, yeah, I mean, in the, in the you know, in the masses and pop culture, right? It, yeah, in, in the pop sense, shit. in the pop sense, you haven't really been a, been a fan of what's been playing yeah, on no, the radio. Definitely not. I've very much been a hater of that to, to be honest with you <laughs> most most all of it yeah. But, yeah same same yeah but uh you know i mean teach their own but fuck that <laughs> <laughs> have some substance right have some yeah. dignity <laughs> but, <laughs> well but uh yeah man um on that note we're gonna we're gonna sign out until next time, uh, Billy. We're we're glad to have you on board, man. Welcome, dude. Glad to be. Thank you. It's awesome. We're gonna talk about you guys next. Time. Oh yeah, we will definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me as well. So uh, this has been another night on the town, and I'm Dan. I'm Jeff. And, and I'm Billy. There we go. There we go. Till next time, folks. <laughs> You have a good one. Good night.